to you uh, on this topic that the Lord spoke to me about, and it's, I titled it, Be Happy. So how many of you like being happy? Amen? The thing about being happy is that many people are looking for happiness, but they're looking for happiness in all the wrong places. And we have the privilege to know that happiness and joy and true fulfillment comes only from, from the Lord, our God. And many of us have probably searched, uh, you know, before coming to the Lord, we probably searched, we probably uh, looked around to see, uh, you know, what could fulfill us and what could make us happy. And to our surprise, nothing could. You know, we tried many different things and we tried different aspects. We tried to look at life in different ways. And we came to the, to the awesome conclusion where God actually found us and we discovered that true happiness and fulfillment comes only from God. Amen? Now, sometimes you'll hear um, some Christians uh, say that maybe, maybe we're not meant to be happy the way that God intended for us to be happy. And maybe happiness is a temporary thing and, and we need to be joyful and, and have joy. And that's true. And we do need joy. But it's interesting that God also likes us to be happy, and he wants that for our lives. And I'm going to show you that through some passages. I have Psalms 146.5, if you can put that up. You don't have to go to it. I'm just going to read it to you. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Happy is he who, uh, who has the God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord, his God. Proverbs 16.20 says, He who heeds to the word wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Amen? So, I want to read to you a passage where we'll go together. So if we can turn to Matthew chapter 5. Um, we'll, we'll start there, Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to read in the New King James Version. So let me know when you have it with an amen, please. Matthew chapter 5. Now, many of you have, I'm sure, read this or have heard about it, but I want us to kind of explore a little deeper to see what it means for all of us. <clears throat> Open your hearts up this afternoon, and, and I know God will, will speak to us. Are you there? All right, let's pray before we get into to this part of it. I just feel from God that, um, that he wants to speak to us. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you open up all the hearts that are in this place today, God. Pray, Father, that you speak through me, God, that you would use me, Lord, and that your word, your word would penetrate in our hearts, all of us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, God. Amen. Before we read, so as, as you can see, if you ever read this chapter, Jesus is with a, a bunch of people. So there's like a big multitude following him around, right? So he sees the crowd and he's like, I need to get away from the crowd. So he starts to move up the mountain so to get away from the crowd because not everyone's going to follow him up this, this mountaintop thing, this hill. But his, his closest friends follow him. His disciples follow him. 
And that's when he sits with them and he begins to teach them. And that's where Matthew chapter 5, like that's the scene of Matthew chapter 5. It's Jesus and his closest friends, his disciples, and he's giving them these keys of life. So it's important for us that we kind of, kind of maybe even imagine ourselves sitting around this mountain with Jesus as he's explaining these keys to life. Amen. So let's read in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. These are called the Beatitudes of Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And as we know, this word blessed here means happy. So you could read all of those and substitute the word happy for blessed. Ten characters that God describes, that Jesus is describing, and ten responses from God to these characters. So I want to go through them with you just so you see the character that Jesus is describing and the response from heaven. The first one is poor in spirit. Those that are poor in spirit... Theirs is the kingdom of God. Poor in spirit. The second one, those that mourn, those that are in mourning, shall receive comfort from God. Those that are meek, gentle, shall inherit the earth. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. This is Jesus explaining these keys. Now, now I want you to see the paradox because... For example, the second one, someone who mourns shall receive comfort. Someone who's, uh, the first one, poor in spirit, shall receive the kingdom. The fifth one, someone who's merciful shall obtain mercy. Why is that so particular? Because in order to be merciful, someone has to do something wrong to you so that you can have mercy on their life. So these, these things are almost like so far apart in the way that we think and in the way that our nature, human nature, can be sometimes. Six, pure in heart will see God. Peacemakers shall be called sons and daughters of God. It says sons, but I added the daughters just to, to be clear because it means both. Those that are persecuted, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus was with his disciples explaining these things. There's a crowd there, a multitude. Jesus walks away from the multitude. And the multitude is... You know, it's sometimes when you see a big crowd and you're kind of like the speaker, right? The presenter of God's word. It could be a good thing. But Jesus is moving away from the crowd. The disciples are probably thinking, why are we moving away from the crowd? That's where, that's where all the business is, right? That's where all the stuff is that can make us happy. These crowds are big. Jesus is moving away from that and explaining to them that the things of this earth won't necessarily make us happy. 
that we won't necessarily be blessed by the things that are in front of us, you know, visually. That sometimes, or actually all the time, we need what God is explaining to his disciples here. We need inner peace and inner happiness that can only come from God. So he's explaining these things to them. And he's telling them, you know, sometimes for us, we put our our trust in so many different things that when things fail us, we feel like failures ourselves. When things don't come through the way that we expect them to come through, we feel like we messed up and we failed or that God failed us. And what Jesus is trying to explain to his disciples is that no matter what's happening in life, if you go by these keys, if you live by them, if you if you study and understand them and let the Holy Spirit empower you through them, You will be blessed. You will be happy. You will live a blessed life. The result of this is good perspective and good character. That's the result. And that's what Jesus is explaining to them. He's giving them them these things that we should all live by, that we should all understand. Let's just get into it really fast. Look at the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Happy are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Another way we can say this is, happy are those who need God the most above everything, for God's domain is their domain. Happy are those who need God above everything else. For theirs is the kingdom of God. What what are you in need of? What what do you need the most? What do you strive and, and, and drive for the most? Is it God? Because what he's saying here is that those that are poor in spirit, those that are needy for God, I don't know about you, but I need God every day. I need him. I'm broken. I need my God every single day. I need him to help me. I need him to to guide me, to give me direction, to comfort me, to counsel me. I need God. Blessed are those that need God above everything else. And theirs is the kingdom of God. See, happiness is not found in the things that you're striving for. It's found in the giver of those things. So when we take God off the number one list, when we say, I need this above God, then we feel unhappy. It's backwards. I know it's weird. We're like, I want that. I know that will make me happy. I know if this answer comes, will make me happy. God is saying, if you need me the most, you will be happy. You will be happy. I'm in need of God. I come to the worship service every single time. I get in my car every single I need you, Jesus. Now, it's not this, this condemned, this, this guilt kind of need. It's this, this want and desire, this hunger for God to, to, to speak to me, to talk to me, to commune with me. That's what it is. It's not because I feel like he's far away. No, it's that I have access to him. So I know that I can go to him at any moment in time. What are you in need? of the most what are you in need of is it a job is it a promotion a career what are you in need of the most is it a house a car those things are good and God will bless you with those things but your first and uttermost need should be him everything else will flow from that and Jesus is starting with this point to his disciples look 
Before you, you were in Christ, you and I were spiritually bankrupt. We were bankrupt, but God saved us. He loved us so much that he saved us. That's why, that's why it says, happy are those, blessed are those who need God the most. And everything in God's domain will be theirs. We want everything in the kingdom. We want everything in the kingdom, but we can't go around the king. We must need the king most in our lives. And that's what he's explaining to them. Our most inner need as human beings is God. Everyone's looking for connection with God. They just don't know it. Some do, some don't. You want to be happy? Keep needing God. When you get to a place where you feel like you know everything and you understand everything, but you don't need God, that's not the right place. You could understand a lot, know a lot, know the mysteries. God speaks to you. You get perfect. But if, if you live without that, that hunger and that thirst, that need for God, that's when you start to, to become unhappy. That's when it starts to be weird in your life. Why am I feeling so weird? I don't even want to go to church. I Why? Because that number one need that you need, that I need, has moved. You've changed it. That's all. And God is saying to you today, just move back. Move back. You need me. You, know, you don't need God less today than you needed him yesterday. We must recognize this need. Most of us here have recognized that need. I know you have, and I know I have. Most of you have recognized that need. And every time you recognize that need, God just gives you more, more of him. More of him. I need you, Jesus. That attitude of I I need you, Jesus. I need you in my life. Sometimes we wait, you know, for things to get a little heavy in our lives to say those words. Amen? You want to be happy? Recognize your need for him today. And he will fulfill you more than this world ever can. And that's, that's what he's sitting there with his disciples, his best friends his best friends, his intimate friends, all of them are there. And he's sitting with them and saying, look, look, happy are those who need God the most. And they're like, happy are those that need God the most. That, it doesn't add up in our brain. There's no, there's no equation that doesn't make sense sometimes. But what God is saying, look, the more you need me, the more I give you. And the happier you are. Does that make sense? Amen? So the crowd is there, but Jesus, not that he doesn't care. In this moment, he wants to take this moment of intimacy to be with his friends and explain to them what all these things mean. Let's, let's look at the second one. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. For they shall, again, the, the, the paradox is, it, it almost doesn't make sense. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus is explaining here this, this paradox in the kingdom where, where things almost seem upside down here in this world. But he's saying those 
who, who mourn shall be comforted. When you lose, the one you care for the most, the one that cares for you the most shall comfort you. And this is talking about God himself bringing comfort to your life, bringing peace and comfort when you need it the most. When someone is mourning, when they're grieving and they need peace, they need comfort. God is saying to his children, to his children, happy are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And that's something I want to distinguish in these beatitudes. These are not for the world. These are for the children of God. He was sitting with his disciples, his closest friends, and he's saying one day, one day you're going to suffer loss. You're going to grieve. You're going to, ha- you're going to be in mourning and in pain. But you shall be comforted by God. No words that men or women can say will comfort you like the comfort of God. He even sends his Holy Spirit. And when Jesus says the Holy Spirit is coming, he calls him the comforter. The comforter shall come and bring comfort to your life. In the time where you're grieving the most, when you're hurting the most, the one that cares for you the most shall comfort you. And he's sitting there with his, with his friends and telling them, when you suffer loss, I will comfort you. You won't be alone. I will comfort you. It's so important that we understand that Jesus took this time to share this with his friends intimately. And I feel God sharing this with us today. It is important that we understand, look, the need for God and the fact that if I'm ever mourning, another way that we mourn is not just by losing someone. Another way that sometimes people mourn as believers is when they feel like they mess up with God and they feel separated from God and they feel like they've lost God. They feel this mourning and this grieving in them. I've spoken to these people. They feel at a loss. And God says, those I shall comfort. I will comfort them, bring them back into, you know, them feeling like they're in the family of Christ. I shall comfort them. Anyone that's feeling like like lost or like outside, God wants to comfort them. Happy are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. God wants you to live this way. He wants you to live a happy life. Amen? You believe that? Amen? Happy wife? Happy life. No, I'm just kidding. But that's also true. Husbands. Happy wife, happy life. (laughs) Let's look at the next one. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Wow. Blessed are the meek. Look, these characters are us. They're what God has called us to be. We need God. We're comforted by God in our mourning. And we are meek, gentle, peaceful. Right? We're not, we're not rowdy. We're not protesters. We're meek. And we shall inherit the earth. Now, does it mean, uh, yeah, you can step all over me and abuse me? That's not what meek means. Okay? 
You can't, you can't be abused and, and, and stepped on and call that humble and meek. That's not meek. Meek is just being okay with, with not responding in revenge or in anger. You're okay with not responding. And you can say, well, God bless you. You cussed me out, but God bless you. That's hard. When your boss yells at you and you want to yell at him back. But you as a, a Christian, you know you can't. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. Because you're called to be meek. Because you know you're actually there to bless your boss. You're actually there to, to bless your company that you work for. Did you know that? You bring the blessing to where you work. You change the atmosphere with meekness. Believe it or not, whatever you say, boss, whatever you say, you're wrong. But whatever you say, boss, God bless you. And obviously, if you have some bosses, don't give you a chance to have an opinion. But if they do, share it. Amen. With meekness, please. <laughs> For they shall inherit the earth. So happy, happy are the meek. Happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meaning, they will receive the inheritance that Christ has for them. The inheritance that Christ gained on the cross, the earth, the nations. That job promotion that you want is yours. Amen? You believe that? All right, two of you believe it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Man, happy are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. You, you love and you, you hunger and you thirst for doing the right thing because you have been made right. And you are filled with that righteousness. Amen? You are filled with it. You don't need to, you know, uh, you don't need to sacrifice for that righteousness. Jesus did. But you can hunger and thirst to live out that righteousness. And you shall be filled with it. You shall continue to be filled with it. And you will be happy. Look at all these attributes. These are easy to do, guys, with the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit is easy to do. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, again, I said it earlier, but when you're merciful is because someone did something to you and you had to show them mercy. You had to be like, I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to bless their life. I'm not going to curse my enemies. I'm actually going to bless them. So you're merciful. So happy are the merciful. Why? Why are happy the merciful? Because they don't hold on to anything. There's no bitterness in their heart. There's no, there's no load on their shoulders. They're able to let things go and, and forgive and forget the hurts that people have done unto their lives. Just like Jesus. Amen? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Happy are those who keep their heart pure, 
And I spoke about this, I think, last week or the week before, is God wants us to have a pure heart towards people. He doesn't want us to, to have anger and revenge in our heart. He doesn't want us to, he wants us to be pure in heart towards other people. And those that, of us that are, because God has called us to be pure in heart, we shall see God. Now, I don't know what that means necessarily, right, that we will see God in its fullness, or maybe a manifestation like, like, like when we are face-to-face with him. But, man, he wants us to live pure in heart, and that makes us happy. I know it's different. It's, it's, it's different than how the world thinks. Because what the world wants is wants to consume you with things, to overload you with things so that you can be happy. The busier you are, the happier you are in the world. And that's not the case with God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Again, another paradox. If you're a peacemaker, that means there's chaos. That means there's things not going right and you have to create peace. You're a peacemaker. And you shall be called a son and daughter of God. The response from heaven when you are a peacemaker is that you are called son and daughter of God. And that it makes you happy to keep peace, believe it or not. Blessed, happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy to be persecuted, y'all. You see how these things don't really make sense? People are happy that they're persecuted. People in the Middle East, in in, in Asian countries who are Christian, who are believers that are actually being persecuted physically right now. Happy are the persecuted who are persecuted for righteousness sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of God. You see how happiness can only come from one person. And that's God. And when our perspective, when it's maintained on him, our need for him, and and as we go through life and, and we're meek and we're responding the way that God wants us to respond by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we will live how he wants us to live and be happy. And be happy. Things can make us happy for for some time. Situations can make us happy for some time and, and bring joy to our lives, but nothing like our Lord, nothing like the presence of God, nothing like leave, living the way he wants us to live to make you happy. And, and, and my prayer for you this afternoon is that you would take these beatitudes of Jesus that you would take them as he's speaking them to us, as he, he was speaking to his closest friends here in this mountain. And he was saying to them, this, these are my people. You are my people. And this is what they look like. This is how they function and what they do. And I will gift them and empower them to live this way. You know the next few verses, if you read Matthew 5 in context... It starts to talk about how they are the salt and the light of the earth. Jesus is there again with his friends, and he's starting to talk to them about who they are, their identity, and then moves into you are the salt and the light of this earth. Why? Because you're happy and you look like this. 
Because you're different than everyone. You're different when you mourn. You're different because you're meek. You're different because you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness. You're different because the need that you have for God is above every other need. You're different. You are the salt and the light of this earth. And what God wants to do in your life this afternoon is he wants to empower that part of your life. He wants to empower that in your life as a child of God. You are the salt and the light of this earth. And as you walk through life with these keys, happy you will be. Amen? Nothing will get you down. Things in life will hit, will come, and and obstacles will come. But God will respond. Heaven will respond with what he says he will respond. And he's not a liar. Amen? All right, let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.